1: picasso knows your vacation home is your best home it's the place that brings family and friends together it's where you're the best version of yourself picasso makes it easy to co-own a luxury vacation home in amazing locations listings start at 200k for 1/8 ownership picasso does all the work for you luxury furnishings maintenance billing scheduling and more and you can resell on picasso's marketplace anytime historically for a 10 percent gain David, football, football David.
3: The Dave Damaschek football program. Available on Apple Podcasts and at NFL.com slash DDFP. Now here's your host, Dave Damaschek.
4: Hi, hello football fans. Hope all's well wherever you're holed up. Here, not in Studio 66, but in Football Baby's bedroom. Uh, All is well. Welcome to the Dave Damashek Football Program. And we are joined today for one of my favorite annual drills. It's our fourth annual. Who would every team in the NFL draft if they had the first overall pick? And we have some other important items to discuss. And who better to do this uh, rangy podcast with than two of my very favorite guys. Two members OGs of the food block tackling all the most important food issues. They also like to talk about football. First of all, I think the first, first member of the food block, all the way from the Keystone State Capitol, the host of the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, also... Name them all. I you, you name them all. Look now working with our guy Nick Costas as well. That's the that's exciting stuff. Two great fellas there. It's Ross Tucker. What's happening, Pally?
5: What's the poop, Shaq? Yeah, if you like uh, if you like betting, it's the Even Money podcast. If you like fantasy, it's the fantasy football podcast. If you like just living awesome, being awesome, and having an awesome existence, it is the Ross Tucker podcast football podcast. Good to see you. Good to be back with you. Very fired up about this draft and trying to sneak in a vital snack slash kind of lunch. Uh, probably I'm going to have two of them after you intro Jeff during your oh, look, I can't. unnecessary introduction for Schwartz and then his reply to you. I might be able to take down two of these during that time.
4: Yeah, well, we, we do know that your mouth has been used to do a lot of talking about how much food you can stuff into it. And then you've disappointed us on the other side. I refer, of course, to anyone who might recall the Great Donut Munchkin Challenge of what was that, 2018, 2017, when you said, I could eat a hundred of those things and you ate four of them. <laughs>
5: Just because I can doesn't mean I want to. I see. First of all, I had just had lunch. Second oh, excuses. Of all, I had no incentive. You you need to learn how to incentivize. You might say, "Fucker, oh, it was for pride. I have no pride. I, 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 I don't have pride. I don't need to do it for pride. I, I'm trying to look this morning. Jeff, this will blow you away. After 60 minutes On the stepper and the bike this morning, 241. Wow. 241. So I am four pounds away from being exactly 100 pounds less than I was on my wedding day, which was 337.
4: Wow, that is crazy. I am fascinated by the undulating weights of offensive linemen. Let's say hello to another offensive lineman here. He is the host on The Athletic. Of Jeff Schwartz is smarter than you. It's Jeff Schwartz. What's happening, fella? It's oh, Mitchell Schwartz's brother. That's what I'm going to start that, calling that, him that's, from that's now that's on. That's the
3: proper. That's the proper introduction uh, for people who don't know me. And Mitchell Schwartz's brother. I lean into that very much on Twitter, which I know you love. You love a lot, my, my cheese fandom. I am never going to be someone who loses 100 pounds after they're done playing because I was. I'm smaller now than I was in college, so like most people have to gain weight. I entered college my freshman year at three fifty five, so I'm not going to be a guy like Ross who stuffs his face and loses weight. I'm the guy that stuffs his face and continues to gain weight or just stays exactly the same, which is, I think, remarkable in its of in its of itself. Wait a minute, three fifty
5: five
4: as a as an eighteen year old freshman. Sweet Jesus, and man!
3: And, and that, by the way, is with only lifting for two months of my entire life before I went to college. I did not lift in high school at all. I played three sports in high school. I, I cut out basketball my senior year. Um, I was a late bloomer to football. I was three, the first day in Oregon, 355.
4: Here's a fun question. If we went to camp and there was an available position that, uh, that two guys were brought in to compete for and their names were Ross Tucker and Jeff Schwartz, who would win the starting gig? That's a fun question,
3: isn't it, Eddie Spaghetti? For if we're playing right guard or like long snapper, <laughs> I don't know what that's supposed to mean. I mean, I I would win, I, I used to long snap, so
5: I'd win both those competitions. He would win. Jeff would win any offensive line position. I am right now like I thought this. Guy, end. I'm not even a blocking tight end anymore. I'm like a move tight end. I'm like a <laughs> I'm like a, like a pass catching tight end. Jimmy Graham. Who never ran faster than a 5440 in my entire life? Oh. Jordan
4: hey. Reed part two. That's what uh that's what Ralph Tucker is. I, I will know.
5: say this though. This is a good question for you as well, Damashek. Any position, which one would you want to be just based on what those dudes look like? For me, mm. it was always tight end. And I know for my wife, now my wife complains that I'm losing too much weight, but she likes tight ends too. They're usually like 6'6", six, six, broad shoulders, little waists. They have like abs. They're like 255, 260 and look awesome but still shredded. To me, it's tight end, and it's easy. to. Now, some people say safety. Some people say quarterback. They'd rather be like a – 64210 no you got to have some muscle you got to know that you can beat somebody up and and walk into a room and be like what's up yeah what's up what's up what's up you got to be able to do that you got <laughs> for me it's tight end so i am right now 64 and a half 241 actually after breakfast and lunch probably 245 now i am like a i'm a tight end I just don't quite look the way the NFL tight end look in terms of how it's proportioned.
4: Do you got was, the mitts? That's the question, friend. Do you got the mitts to make the plays? Yes.
5: yes. In fact, my rookie year, I went in at tight end two games, Jeff, Wow! against the Arizona Cardinals on the goal line, and we scored a touchdown, and I had like a pancake block on like John Engelberger or something, like a DN. And then we're playing the Eagles, my hometown team, huge game, Washington Redskins late in the year. They literally design a play for me to probably catch the ball as the O-line eligible. Yeah. I'm the left tight end. I get a release off the line, crossing route. Ooh, Nobody's good. there. The Eagles blitzed off the edge. And Tony Banks got sacked rather than throwing me the ball. Just so you know, if I scored a touchdown against the Eagles, that would have been a bigger deal for me than having my children. I mean, that would have been (laughs) everywhere I went for the rest of my life. You don't understand. Like, where I'm from, like, everybody, diehard Eagles fans, forever they would be like, dude, remember when we scored a touchdown against the Eagles? Yeah, I know. I should have. And even the film meetings the next day, our line coach Joe Pendry was like, we got to pop out here and we're going to block the edge. Cause Tony was going to throw it to tuck. I was like, uh, I can't hear it. Like now flip side. What if I dropped it? Like, oh, <laughs> and I dropped it. I would never live it down. See, I've often thought of this. So Jeff, you're in LA. So you don't really have this situation. Shaq, you're Steelers guy. Like, as cool as it would have been to play for the Eagles and have that Eagles helmet behind me with the game balls, what if like I, I started for the Eagles in the Super Bowl against the Patriots and had a bad holding call, like on the game winning touchdown pass? Like, then it's the opposite. You can't, I can never go home again. I, can, I have I can go back to Reading, Pennsylvania, ever.
4: First of all, this is fascinating stuff. One, I never understand the competitive spirit of I would love to score a touchdown against my boyhood favorite team. Why would I want to inflict pain on on the team that has filled my heart with joy? One. Two, that what you touch on is one of the most remarkable aspects of athletes who perform in the clutch. The fear of screwing up. Everybody's like, we made it to the Super Bowl. All right. This is the dream. It's like. So how don't you got aren't you consumed over the next two weeks by the fear of like, what if I go down in history as the guy who blew it, you know that I I would be plagued by that for two weeks, I wouldn't sleep a wink.
3: Sure. No, all the, we, we all, we're all confident. We never think about – now, it's easy for Ross to talk about it afterwards, but I'm sure that week leading up to him, he thought about the greatest thing in my life is catching this football. Now he's joking about maybe dropping it, but I guarantee that entire week he didn't think about dropping the football, what would happen. I mean, maybe that was a way to, to motivate himself to catch it. I went out for one pass or two in my career. It wasn't as pretty as that, I'll tell you that. I remember just like slowly – it was like in Seattle, slowly meandering off the line – Supposed to, supposed to, you know, supposed to get in the way of someone. I didn't do it properly. I ran like a, a corner route, wasn't open. No one threw it to me. I just was glad to go back. I have a kick return in my career for 16 yards. What? Oh, yeah. I've never seen do the video of that before.
4: Spaghetti. We have to get, we have to contact Pro Football Reference and make sure they update both uh, Tucker and Schwartz's oh, profile pages to have uh, tight end and kick return are labeled.
3: I have one kickoff return for 16 yards. And then in college, I have a three yard rush. Dennis Dixon pitched me the ball by accident. He thought I was a running back. <laughs> <laughs> so, 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 not, it's on YouTube. I guess
4: Jameis back. isn't the only QB who no. needed to get contact lenses or no. LASIK or whatever. So
3: he, Dennis ran the wrong way on a
4: three hundred and fifty fi, uh, A 350-pound Jew running behind him. <laughs> oh, that's my running back. Yeah, I'll give him the
3: ball. So I didn't fumble. I got three yards. So it obviously worked out for the best.
5: Is there anything, by the way, more enjoyable in the sport of football, my two favorite things these days are number one, anytime an offensive lineman or defensive lineman somehow has the ball and is running with it, I, I love that. Of course. And a-, a close second is anytime a holder, punter, or kicker has like a fake or it's a bad snap and they try to do something athletic. <laughs> and it looks like Damashek's out there, like Stop, don't, you don't, don't realize do you don't realize how much of a difference there is between regular people and NFL players until the holder or the punter like starts to run and think he's gonna like, try to get the first down <laughs> and like, throw it, and they look like they're in slow motion, and all <laughs> of a sudden a tidal wave of studs come. And wipe them off the face of the earth. And by the way, punters and kickers are in good shape, and they're like decent athletes. Like you would look even worse, Shaq. Like you would look. It, it would be what, hilarious.
4: What the hell? What do, I didn't. I didn't uh, sign up to get attacked today. I will say that I never understand that 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 the vast majority of teams. And I get the I get the ease with which. A, a practice schedules and stuff work that you need the QBs focusing on throwing the ball and otherwise. But why don't teams use their third string guy? I don't know if the rule would be in, if you if you put your third string QB. I think it's at quarterback. You could still use him as your kick holder, as your placeholder. Why wouldn't you have a quarterback back there so you could run more fakes? And in case, like you say, disaster happens, the punter ain't equipped to do that unless it's Johnny Hecker. He can get up and throw it, but no other punter can do that sure. stuff. Why does every team just settle on, oh, well, let's have the punter do that. It's a dumb yeah. idea.
3: There's less practice time now, I think. For I know, backup, I get it. The so, so there's no there's no time to do it. So they let the punters, you, you've been to practice, they just sit in the corner. The punter takers just do their own thing. They don't even wear cleats half the time. They don't have their pads on. They're in the corner of the practice field, just doing a thousand times a day, doing these reps.
4: I get I mean, I get the practical limitations of practice time, but I, it's offset <laughs> by what Tucker just hit on, which is that those are actual professional great athletes, not some. And by the way, I will say it for the millionth time, spaghetti and uh, longtime listeners will get sick. of will, will be tired of hearing this for the million and first time. But, Tucker, do you really think. I know the easy answer is no, of course, Dave couldn't do this. I think if I could hand pick the offensive line and my skill position, guys, if you gave me the ball of my own 40, I could produce points. No. If you put me against the worst defense, I'm under no. center against the NFL's worst defense, and I get to pick 10 superstars around me, I could lead a drive because it would be mostly handoffs <laughs> and then one play action pass, one play Damn. action pass.
3: Wouldn't be dead. Why would I die? You, you couldn't you, you could even get out of the out of your stance quick enough to That's hand so the ball to running back. Dave, why? You, why couldn't I? Why would I mean, what mean, do, you, do you guys act like
4: it's impossible? Go
5: ahead, Tucker. <laughs> let, let me give you a recommendation, okay? First okay. of all, go from the shotgun, okay? Because if you were under center, even if it's a running play, okay, and this is the truth, Dave. If you called a running play and you were under center, you would get stepped on. A hundred out of a hundred times, uh, either the left guard or the right guard, as they are exploding off the football, to make a block to the left or the right, you wouldn't get out of there in time. David You'd Carr, over by the David guard. Carr,
4: the Maurice Jones-Drew, and Ike Taylor have all three independent of each other in this same conversation. Said the exact same thing. I think <laughs> you guys are all egomaniacs who think, well, no way. Why would I, why I get crushed by the snap? What, yes. I'm, a, I'm not, to, I, I'm not I, an invalid, have, for goodness sake. I, I, I can had move. my
3: move. My la- second to last year in the NFL, I had to learn how to snap because we had a bunch of guys hurt. I'd never done it before. And Eli Manning, like the pressure he put on my butt to like, as I snapped the ball, Dave, he'd shoot you up in the air. Like it was shocking to me how much pressure he like needed down on his hand to to catch the ball. He would rot you'd be, you you couldn't even, you, you couldn't even do anything. The center would just rock you out of there.
4: If that, listen, if what he lies into is up to him, it's a free country and I support all lifestyle. So I'm but not here center, to judge that, whatever would, he wanted the, to do.
3: The center would like, like I, the force I had to move to snap the ball, it would knock you over.
4: All right. I mean, I think you guys, <laughs> I think you guys are, are impressed with yourselves. That's what I think. You
5: brought this up every time I've ever been on the show. I love it because
4: I think it's interesting to expose <laughs> you guys to regular people. You guys think you're better than us, and I, and I, I for one am here to push back on it. Hey, one thing I want to talk about before we begin this little uh, exercise and um, and seeing who every team because I think it, I think it's an interesting um, drill because it identifies who the best players available are and and who would who can transcend scheme and all that sort of thing before all that though from a broader perspective where do you guys come down not to go serious too serious here but this idea about we need the games back and if it's in front of an empty stadium and maybe that's how it has to be and people have to get comfortable with that it seems to ignore the critical detail of The fact that the players have to sign off on doing this. Everybody is very cavalier about the most essential part of the football games being the football players being willing to go out there and doing that because there ain't going to be six feet in between you guys.
5: I think it's a good point, Dave. I think, you know, when I read people talk about, well, is the risk worth the reward, right? Mm -hmm. Depends on who we're talking about,
4: you know? I, mean, I know where you're going, and I agree with what you're saying. Please there proceed.
5: Are, no, I'm just saying there are plenty of guys that have a chance to make $750,000 this year that if they don't play this year, they will probably never make that money. And they would play right now even if you told them they would get coronavirus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They'd be like, That's right. no problem. Let's do it. Now, there are other guys, and I've seen guys in baseball like Mike Trout and Ryan Zimmerman, who were like, "No, I'm not doing that." Well, yeah, I mean they've made over 100 million dollars. Zimmerman's having a bait like that's a different situation. And so maybe there are NFL players that would feel that way as well. The thing is though, those guys have made a lot of money, but they're also scheduled to make a lot of money. I mean, ultimately the NFL is going to have to give them the choice. That they're going to have to expand yeah. rosters and if guys don't feel comfortable if they end up doing this quarantineville or sequestered whatever it is in hotels, some guys will, I guess, have the opportunity to opt out. You have to offer them that. I don't think very many will, but there might be a few that think I've already made a lot of money. Um I already won a Super Bowl. Maybe, maybe Jeff's brother is like, you know what? I I don't need I don't need this that bad. I don't want to get the virus. I don't know. Maybe I Maybe I'm the guy, the 29 year old that dies from it. I'm not taking that chance. Go get somebody else to play right tackle for the Chiefs. I've had a great career already. I'll, I'll sit this year out. He, he has to give back some of his signing bo- bonus, I think, if he does that. So he's not, there's no way to no, no, give back money. I think they would have to, have to give the guys the option. Yeah. So if they don't he, say you're quarantined in a yeah. hotel for the whole season. Yeah, that'd be tough. They can't so,
3: make guys do that. Here's what I, I think could happen. We're seeing now that Major League Baseball is doing antibody testing, I believe, for their players and their employees. So seeing if they can, you know, if they can figure out, hey, have guys had it before and can you have it again? That's part of the research that's happening right now before they get to the vaccine being readily available. And if they've if, if doctors in Major League Baseball have figured out that you have had it and you cannot get it again, and there's more widespread testing available to players, I think there's a situation where you can have as many NFL players that have passed the antibody test as you would like to, to play. And then they could be around their families and they could continue life. Now, obviously, you're not gonna have fans in the stadium probably this season. It's gonna be weird, but you'll get used to it and we'll be glad to watch football again. But I think that's that is the most likely scenario, in my opinion, is that by the time training camp rolls around August 1st, we have more testing, we have antibody testing, we understand at least a little bit more about if you can have the virus a second time or not, and then we get a full season just with no fits. I I, I do not believe the season will be delayed. I just think the NFL, there's too much money involved. Uh, there's too many other things happening around the country that NFL will be back in some form by September 10th, which is the first game of the season.
4: I, I agree with, the, with what you guys are saying precisely. I think we'll adjust the – our experience what you know people you know if we're in anything close to the circumstance that we're collectively in now come september Lucky. obviously people are not going to bog oh i can't watch football without without us without a live audience in the crowd well, you, you'll get over that part of it um but like i say yeah I, i'm with i'm with tucker i just think it's interesting and i that You know, and different states are going to have different standards. You know, things can change quite a bit. But in California, they're already saying, oh, it's overly optimistic in in this calendar year. So I think there will be kind of like baseball talked about a centralized location for the games because you can't really be bouncing around the country and all those sorts of um, considerations. But I also to Tucker's point, I wonder if it will be something akin to what we've seen in you know when there are strikes in sports and guys like that just were we just saw in the XFL or the AAF or whatever if they're gonna be like, I'll do it and like okay Aaron Rodgers is gonna sit this one out. So get uh, <laughs> get that temple QB in there in his place, you know, something like that.
5: Tim Boyle was the backup Tim last Boyle. year for the Packers. Tim Boyle. That that opener for the Packers, dude, it would be like from a storyline standpoint, I almost hope a couple guys do say I'm not playing because that would be I mean, can you imagine they would get a lot of flack for it and it would be unbelievable opportunities for some of these other guys?
4: Yeah, I, I really do think that um, it's going to kind of come down to that. And right. Entire franchises can be corrupted. I'll tell you one guy who's a—I mean, the face of the league now, you heard he just moved from Foxborough down to the Tampa St. Pete area. That guy at 43 with his kids in there, is he going to be like, oh, yeah, I'm, go- I'm going out there? Like, you know, right.
3: you think yeah, he will? Yeah. yeah, TB12,
5: his body's uh, – he, 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 He's a total psychopath. Yes. He, he's going out there. Oh, okay. he'll
4: play. You're saying he definitely will play. Yes.
5: Yes. 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 yes.
4: I don't know, but I'm to I mean, no, without- your original point, Tucker. I think, like, some guys will be like, I don't have to do Not this. Kind
5: of- and, and, and honestly, I can see a guy like Drew Brees maybe saying that you know, with all his kids and all his, like, but Brady is in a different category. If you said to Brady, there's a 50-50 chance you'll die, he'd be like, I don't care, I'm playing. I'm going to win the Super Bowl. Like, he's just a total psychopath. He would play.
4: Okay, a couple things quickly then. Let's squeeze these in. Um, One, how many games do the Buccaneers win this season? I start with you, Schwartz.
3: It's, it's, uh, oh, yeah, the... I, over, I, I think at least 10, put it like that. I know that we, 10, 10, at least 10 Patriots. games. And Patriots under that number? Uh, Yeah, I don't have a quarterback yet. How do you determine what the Patriots are going to do? They're, are they rolling out Jared Stidham? Yes, under, under, because they're, they didn't really add any talent so far in offense or defense, or so they haven't made a lot of adjustments. And they don't have a quarterback. If they draft someone or get Andy Dalton... I'll feel differently for them, but I can't trust any quarterback they have right now on the roster.
4: I trust that if Andy Dalton is their quarterback, they will win ten games. That's what I. I that's same. what I think. Same. Right. So right. Okay.
5: Tucker. Uh, Bucks win ten or eleven, and I w- I would have said that they would win the division, except for the whole coronavirus thing, because Brady is so particular with his receivers. And not being able to work with them in OTAs and minicamp and Mm. this summer is going to, that's going to be a factor because he really, he needs them to be where he wants them to be, but they'll still win 10 or 11 and make the playoffs. And then as for the Patriots they that's a great win. point about
4: Brady which is what I had always heard about him and he didn't want to participate at this age in the OTAs so how's he ever going to develop that chemistry whether he lands in Tampa or in Las Vegas or with the Chargers or otherwise and well now I guess he's looking to disprove that anyway go ahead
5: yeah and then for the Patriots I think they win less the thing I say is and I wasn't in New England very long right I was there in 05 and 06 so they traded me to Cleveland and the thing I tell people is like So, when you have some quarterbacks in the NFL, like a Drew Bledsoe, for example, you think you're going to win. If you have another quarterback like a Charlie Fry or J.P. Lossman, it's late in the game, you hope that maybe they can do it and you can win. When you have Brady, you know you're going to win. You don't – like, you know you're going to win. And that immediately gets transferred over to the Buccaneers. So, they're down by two touchdowns, fourth quarter. They look over we got Tom Brady. We're going to win. And the Patriots immediately lose that. So no matter what Matthew Slater and Devin McCourty and those guys say, when it's the fourth quarter and they're down 10 and they look over at Jared Stidham, they don't know. They don't know if he's got it or not. They don't know if they're going to win. And I think just that confidence oozes throughout the whole team, both sides of the ball, And guys, I don't know if it's conscious, check or subconscious, but it is real.
4: I know. It's funny. And the opposite, I I insist, is true, even though 90% of the guys I've asked it of deny it. I say, you have to, at some point, in a big game, look across to the other sideline and be like, oh, my God, it's Belichick and Brady. How are we going to win this? And they're always like, no, never crosses my mind. No, I'm Uh, a competitor. Reggie Wayne, notably, a great champion himself does concede that that happened to him and other members of the Colts. So I appreciate his I played, candor on
3: that. I played them only one time in that sort of game. And we had just, the Giants, we'd gone ahead in the fourth quarter and it was up to Brady to drive them down for a game-winning touchdown, which he did, of course. I remember um, that game. And I didn't think to myself, like, oh, my God, there's Belichick. I was just like, oh, geez, our defense is not very good. We're going to lose. <laughs> like, I really, I'm not sure I took into account it was Tom Brady or Belichick. Hmm.
4: Well, there you go, I guess. You're not as woke. Um, You're like Dennis
3: Dixon, basically. Sorry, yes.
4: Um, One other thing, and then we'll get to this draft here, is because Tucker has been the guy leading the charge for the Christian McCaffrey contract was a good idea, (sighs) if not for football reasons, then for PR reasons. Before you have your say, Tucker, my pushback on that is, and I get completely, in a year in which Cam is gone, and Greg Olson's gone, and Luke Kuechly's gone. You need somebody to serve as the face of the franchise, and it serves a good, me- sends a good message to the rest of the locker room that look, we'll take care of guys, and and so on. Except until the next guy says like, yeah, I need to get paid too, and they're like, well, we can't pay everybody what they want, right? Isn't that the, isn't that logical pushback to what you're saying?
5: No, because not everyone is Christian McCaffrey. I mean, Mm. he is the best player on the team. He's not only the face of the franchise, he's the only recognizable face of the franchise. They have the coronavirus. They want people to renew their season tickets. And in August, when they have training camp, Christian McCaffrey not being there would be a disaster from a business standpoint, and the last thing that Matt Rule wants is to have to answer to the media every day about his best player not being there and also get in front of the team. For the first time, by the way, because there's virtual offseason, first time meeting, guys, here's what we want in a Carolina Panther. We want tough, we want physical, we want good character guys, and those guys are going to be rewarded. Meanwhile, the exact guy he's talking about is not there and he's not being rewarded. So, listen, every argument that you guys can make about you shouldn't pay running backs, too much money, I get it. I I, I totally understand. I I totally appreciate that. All I'm saying is what would you do in August – when he's not showing up, what 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 would have been your – and by the way, he impacts the passing game more than any of these running backs. And I know Lev Bell and David Johnson and Gurley were good in the passing game. They weren't McCaffrey in the passing game. But even that aside, it's easy to say, I would never give him that money. I would never get the money. Until you know already because he told you that he's not showing up until he gets the money and you're the owner – or you're the head coach and you're in that position, What you guys tell me, Jeff, what would you have done?
3: I wouldn't have drafted him in the first round to start with. So that would be my first thing I would have done, so that wouldn't even be an issue for my team. Um, the thing about it is that David Tepper, the new owner, has preached an analytical approach to building his team, right? He has talked about this nonstop. It's one of the reasons why Ron Rivera has gone. And what has he done this offseason? He signed an off-the-ball linebacker, Shaq Thompson, in, in in mid-December after Ron Rivera left. And he signed a running back, like two positions that no one analytically would ever pay. Off-the-ball linebacker and running back. And so it, it's just going against everything that they have preached. If you are making a decision based off of emotion, right? If you're making a, a roster decision based off emotion, which is what Bill O'Brien has done now for, for two years, you're not building your team the right way. The best General manager in this league make decisions with no emotion, right? They they wield and deal with players. I understand Ross, your, your your point. It's a great point that training camp Spartanburg, your your most recognizable player is not there. But I will say this: if the Panthers want to be good, their most recognizable player and the best player better be Teddy Bridgewater. It better not
5: be. Yeah, Canada, exactly. that's, like, that's how they're going to win. I, I understand, but again, I go back to you're talking philosophical, right? You are David Tepper or Marty Herney or Matt Rule. Training camps are open. America's back. It's August. Christian McCaffrey doesn't show up. What do you do then? Because it's easy to say all this stuff. The, do you just find the bejesus out of them? Oh, no, he just like shows up. He up. Because guess what? Guess what? He's not going to show up. Then well, he, let me tell you, let me see. Let me can, say two he, things. Like, Payton, play this. Yeah. Season. <laughs> he skipped the Sun Bowl, the first college player ever to do that. He knows that he has you by the short hairs because new coach, face of the franchise, best player. Only, he knows that you need him. So you can say all this stuff about running backs and platitudes but you're not you're not going to that first game without Christian McCaffrey. You can let, say, let me just know, say two
4: things. First of all, you're Matt Rule, so you can point to the fan base. First of all, you say, "Look, it was a complete rebuild at Baylor. I had one down season, and then look at look at how we rose like the phoenix." That's what I intend to do here. We don't need a bridge player. I, we hope McCaffrey shows up, but McCaffrey basically serves as a bridge. You're in between eras now. You are have to basically rebuild the team. One, and two, the the thing about the 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 comp to Lev Bell you say about as a pass catcher. How about the contract holdout? He was beloved in Pittsburgh, and then he wasn't because he didn't show up to play. It's it the 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 team holds all the cards in terms of well, PR. The team the team is like. Well, we want to play. He's a, he's he's trying to hold out on his totally rookie deal. Situation. Like well, that's not right to do, and the fans would agree with that.
5: Totally different situation. This, this Lev Bell's a moron who who literally lost ten million dollars and would have made fourteen and a half million dollars to play that year. I I don't think you can compare those. Well, but Caffrey to- sits yeah. out; he's losing money too.
3: Like I don't like it's the same. It's a, they're losing different amount of money, obviously. But I just think that making a decision based off of how many fans will show up to training camp
5: is like a poor way to run a business, especially when you've said the exact opposite to this. No, it's it's not. It's not how many fans will show up at training camp. It's how many fans will buy their tickets for that year, and it's the culture that the head coach is trying to establish and the message he's trying to send. The last thing he wants is for the whole focus of training camp, every second of every day, every player gets asked what do you think about no Christian McCaffrey here. And those guys, they're they they can try to be on, uh, they can try to play the company line, but they're going to be like, "Yeah, we need him. He's our best player. Uh, I'll try to stay out of that." But he's a he, Norm- leader. He's everything. <laughs> I mean,
4: makes me think of Norman Dale though, in front of the Hickory crowd <laughs> in the old gymnasium in Hoosiers. <laughs> saying, hey, Jimmy Chitwood isn't here. These guys standing here, this is your team. They have sacrificed. This is your team. I think that is the message, and I think it's a winning message that has been played ad nauseum by head coaches and GMs in every sport. Oh, the guy didn't show up. He's holding out. He's trying to renegotiate his deal. He's already got a deal. He has his money here. I think that you end up winning that PR battle against a, the against a guy."
5: Yeah, I mean, I I disagree, and I think if you guys were in that situation, you ultimately would pay McCaffrey. Now, that doesn't mean I feel that way about every running back, by the way. All these other guys, Alvin Kamara, Aaron Jones, Joe Mixon, Dalvin Cook, they're in very different situations. Like, number one, they're not the best player on the team. Number two, they're not the faces of the franchise. Number three, they don't have a new coach who's trying to establish a culture and doesn't want a distraction. Christian McCaffrey just messed this up for all those guys because they all think that they're going to get that money and they're going to have their agents try to get their money and they don't have nearly the same leverage that McCaffrey – he was in a truly unique situation for all the reasons I mentioned. Those other guys – Not only are they not getting 16 million a year, they're not even getting close to it. It's going to be a major wake up call for those guys.
3: Oh, man. I just, the Panthers preached this whole rebuild thing and they just kind of did a half rebuild, but not really the right way. And it just, I, to me, I've always thought that wins were the reason why fans showed up in the end. If you win a football game, fans show up. We saw last year the Panthers didn't win. McCaffrey had a historic season, and no one showed up, and their offense was twenty eighth in the league last year. Like it just to me, it's all about winning. And, and you, if you're the Panthers, you're, you have to sell Bridgewater. I know it's tough because you don't have an off season. But you gotta sell him as the face of your franchise. Or if you draft a quarterback at seven, which is probably unlikely, you gotta sell him as the face of your franchise. Christian McCaffrey's great and all, and I, so I think he's uber talented. But you're not winning games with him being the for, the, the the main component of your offense. It's been shown. Well, I,
4: I've I've led outside of uh, North Carolina and SEC country. I've led the Cam Newton fan club for many years. But uh, so <laughs> I'm biased. But I think you're still better off with number one under center than you are going to christian mccaffrey i would rather have my qb be the face of the franchise but all right time is short i don't want to hold you guys up too long eddie spaghetti if you would give us a team because there is no draft order we're just seeing who every team would take but let's start with the afc north since the bungles do have the first overall the bengals i should say have the first overall pick who jeff schwartz should they take
3: Oh, they, they got to take Joe Burrow, obviously. I mean, they got to take the best quarterback in in the in the league. Yeah, I'm not wasting much time on this. It's okay. We all know the reasons.
4: Burrow. Cleveland Browns and their fancy new old uniforms.
3: Um, they need a left tackle in the worst way. I would take Andrew Thomas from Georgia, who is the most ready, in my opinion, to play left tackle day one, especially with no trade. I think Mikai Becton has more upside and might be better overall than Thomas. But if you're looking for a guy to play literally right now what you need – Andrew Thomas. Tucker. Uh,
5: I disagree. I think the Browns should take Chase Young with the number one overall pick, pair him opposite Garrett, destroy people, and then trade your second round pick for Trent Williams or sign Jason Peters for one year for $8 million to hold it down, draft a kid in the third round and develop. But if the Browns had the number one pick, I think they should take Chase Young.
4: Boy, that would be devastating. Actually, you know what? The Skins are not are going to be not too far off of that with uh, the ability to heat up the QB. The Baltimore Ravens, Tucker.
5: Ooh, um, Chase Young. You know, they, they, I mean, they've got Judon on the franchise tag. There's some talk about them maybe trading him. I, I maintain D-line is the second most important position after quarterback in the sport. You get a guy like Chase Young, that that's the guy to me. It'd be Chase Young at number one for the Ravens.
4: I agree. I always talk about that. It's, and I always say it's unsexy to, to point it out. But line of scrimmage, that is the recurring theme specifically. The ability in the second half to get to the QB is that those teams keep getting to the Super Bowl. Obviously, you need a stud QB yeah. if you want to be a perennial contender. But the other factor to getting and winning the Super Bowl is uh, is that ability, Schwartz.
3: So we're going to keep saying the same players over and over. I'll go somewhere else. I know. Um, I'll go Jerry Judy here, at wide receiver, just adding more weapons to the passing game we've seen now that when, when it comes down to the playoff time when there needs to be a more efficient passing they have not had that they don't have a player like him that can kind of run intermediate routes brown obviously can run the ball deep they need someone kind of in the middle there to help him out um i, I think young is the better player of the two but i go with judy here
4: it's fun too by the way that um the ravens bugaboo for ozzie Newsom who's who's Probably, I think everybody would say is the best GM of the last 20 years or so could never land on a wide receiver. And now his replacement seems to have an act for doing that. Witness the, the couple of receivers that they found in the draft um, Pittsburgh Steelers, Tucker.
5: Pittsburgh Steelers, if they had the number one overall pick in the 2020 NFL draft should select Joe Burrow. Yes. Quarterback from LSU. Listen, Ben's amazing, but last time I checked, he's a 288-pound lumberjack. Okay, 288 in Pennsylvania. Um, I never thought he was a guy that could play into his forties. There's a lot of uncertainty just how well he'll come back from this elbow injury. Hey, maybe you're wrong. Maybe Ben comes back and he's great. In that case, you have an Aaron Rodgers, Brett Favre situation, or a Philip Rivers, Drew Brees situation. You can manage it, but the Pittsburgh Steelers number one pick in this draft would be Joe Burrow from LSU.
3: I, I agree with that, but I'll give you I'll I'll give you another one. Uh Jedrick Wills to play right tackle. Uh feels like that's a spot they need to to improve on. I would say interior D line, but I think they have enough guys there. Chase Young doesn't really fit the profile of one of their pass rushes. You you could go corner here as well uh in Okuda, but um I, I like Burrow and I think Wills would fit it really well at right tackle there, big physical kid.
4: I would. Uh, I'm in win now mentality with 38 year old Roethlisberger. I would go for the best running back on the board. Whether you think that's DeAndre Swift or otherwise, that's who I, you I, just I get. talked about running in the first <laughs> round and you picked one. I'm trying to win one season. I'm trying. I want to send seven. the in, uh, time in, in glory. You know. Um, all right. Next division. Let's go AFC East. The New England Patriots. I think this is an easy one. Tucker, you start.
5: Yeah, Joe Burrow. Um, I think they like Stidham. I, I don't think that they like to expend resources on quarterbacks. I think that they feel like Brady's sixth round, Castle, seventh round, Jimmy G, second, Brissett, third. We can get guys to win not at number one overall. But, I mean, the chance to go right from Brady to Burrow for the next 15 years, they would take Joe Burrow. Schwartz. Yes, I'll
3: keep this one short. Yes, they need a quarterback, and he's Jets. Schwartz, you. Um, I think they need they need offensive line help. I mean, I think it's, it's going back to to where um, I'll just go someone that we haven't talked about yet, just because just to make it fair. Uh, Tristan Wirtz from Iowa, I think he can play tackle or guard. The Jets can find a spot for him somewhere on that offensive line. Whether you want help at tackle or guard, I'll just throw another name out there we have not talked about yet.
4: Excellent, Tucker.
5: Uh, if they had the number one pick, they would without question take Chase Young. They have no pass rush. They have nobody outside. Yeah, they need a receiver. Yeah, they need an offensive tackle. But, again, you can offensive tackle later in the draft. You can also try to get Jason Peters or Trent Williams. You, you cannot get a Chase Young. And they need a pass rusher desperately.
4: All right, you know what? I, I I have to pull an audible here because Tucker and Schwartz, I've held you guys both way too long. Spaghetti. Maybe we'll uh, we'll pick up the rest of this early next week. We can round this out here a little bit. Let's finish the division though. The Bills,
3: Schwartz. Um, I would take I, Bills fans won't like this. I would take Joe Burrow, but um, they they obviously. Why are you so? You watch that team. And, and, history and,
4: history is going to remember this poorly. I mean, look, the Bills are going to win that division this
3: year. Sure. The easy – look, Chase Young is obviously the easy answer for for all these Okuda. I would go wide receiver here. I just think that that you need as many weapons as possible for Josh Allen. Continue to build them up here. Um, If you like Judy, you like Riggs, you like C.D. Lamb, any of those top guys, whoever you think fits your offense best, Well,
5: I'll throw C.D. Lamb in there because we haven't talked about him yet. Tucker. You know, I think that they would – maybe take Jeffrey Okuda. I th- They need help at corner over af- opposite Tredavious White. I'm not buying Josh Norman. I think if they had the number one pick, it would either be Chase Young or Jeffrey Okuda. And just so that Jeff doesn't get mad at me, I'm going to go with Okuda.
4: Uh, Tucker, bring it on home here. The Miami Dolphins.
5: Joe Burrow. And by the way, if they weren't the biggest morons in the NFL, they'd be picking him. I've never seen a team tank and then say, let's sign Ryan Fitzpatrick. They signed the anti-tanker to be the quarterback. Uh, I mean, this is a guy that's 38 years old from Harvard, and he, like, goes head first at linebackers at the <laughs> Dolphins are morons. They should be getting Burrow right now. Instead, they'll probably take Tua or Herbert – both of which represent crazy risk. Let's go what? with
3: let's let's end this podcast with Justin Herbert for the Dolphins. Let's do it. I Justin didn't know Herbert what that thing you were doing. Oh, okay. it's an, oh, I don't have. Oh, an it's organ an O for Herbert. I don't have an organ helmet anywhere. I should probably should get one up here.
4: All right, uh, George, you go, Justin. and Tucker, you go too. But I just want to say about Justin Herbert and this Tua Jazz and all this. If teams really pass on Tua because he is uh, allegedly injury prone. I think that's going to be a massive mistake to take a wild card in Justin Herbert when you know Tua is going to do it if his health holds up. In you know, I, I, I keep pointing to Frank Gore, and there are a couple of guys and Fred Taylor who got labeled injury-prone guys. Ironically, those guys have been among the to ended up being the most durable among them. Right. I, I think that it matters what kind of injury it is. I think Tua, by the way, winds up a Charger. And, Tucker, the other thing I'll say to you is that um, – the other thing I keep revisiting. Yeah, the Dolphins shouldn't have won up in Foxborough in Week 17. But the Patriots also should have stopped Ryan Fitzmagic and Devontae Parker from that last-minute drive. If they had, you want to talk about shaking up. I like the what-if stuff. Think about then the Patriots are the two-seed. The Chiefs are on the road. yeah, the Chiefs are on the road, so they have to play the Titans. I don't necessarily think that the game goes exactly the way it did in the title game. I think Derrick Henry might have stunned them in Arrowhead um, in that in that first game. But even if they survived that one, Chiefs at Foxborough, I do not assume victory there. And one way or the other, you go to Charm City on what ended up being yeah. a frigid day in Baltimore. Done. If you put Patrick Mahomes out there for that one, I don't necessarily it's- think – I mean, the Ravens just came up lame. In, in in a really bad matchup with uh, with with Simmons and Casey on the interior there that was their mm-hmm. undoing. I think if, I, I think the Ravens would have wound up in the Super Bowl. Agreed. All right, I gotta go. All right, Good Schwartz. Goodbye, Tucker. How say you to that uh, little what if? Um,
5: I love that. You know, we could play that game. Week seventeen, the Niners Seahawks game. Yep, that's right. And three inches away from the Niners, no chance they go to the Super Bowl as the finals. No chance. And they were like an inch away on multiple plays. And then what you said is exactly right. If the Chiefs didn't have a bye, I don't think the way they were playing, they weren't playing that great in the playoffs. They didn't have a bye. I don't think they go to the Super Bowl either. It it is crazy. I feel like the NFL has the world's greatest butterfly effect from a football standpoint because those little butterflies – Spreading their wings in week 17 changed everything for the postseason.
4: You know what? You're probably right. Somebody at some point should do something with that uh, butterfly effect stuff as it applies Almost to profile.
5: Like a what if L? Like if. And what if you change
4: the F in NFL to if? You know that? You know what? Let's put a pin in that and work on that. I think you're right. wonder who would have gone. I, I did map it out who goes to the Super Bowl from the NFC if the Seahawks win. The Seahawks were... The Seahawks maybe do go, because then they would have gotten the – they would have been the three seed? or the, uh,
5: Yes, three
4: seed. And then that would have sent the Niners to the six, so you would have repeated that same game. Niners the would
5: have been the one, Saints the two. So the Saints would have gotten a bye rather than losing to the Vikings at home.
4: And so the Vikes would have been the four, so your four-five matchup is – wait, no, the Eagles win their division. Eagles the other, are the four. What's that? Say again?
5: Eagles are the four, Seattle. Eagles Vikings are four, play there.
4: Five. I think that's – yeah. Wow. It's a, it's super fun to do. Always fun to talk to you, Tucker, man. You're the best. Uh, appreciate you making all the time for us today. We didn't even get to talk any food stuff, but I thought it was a, uh, a fulsome conversation just the
5: same. It was awesome. I was eating apples with peanut butter, and then after I put the peanut butter on the apple and eat that slice – I then pop some almonds in my mouth real quick. So they're like peanut covered almonds kind of. So I get the residual flavor of the peanut to make the healthy almond a little bit better. I mean, these are the things that I get into on the Ross Tucker football podcast. And the family of podcasts that Dave Damaschek and Eddie Spaghetti listen to at RossTucker.com or however you're listening to this podcast.
4: What a, what a shill. We got to do, we still have to do it, you and me, and maybe we expand it to Schwartz and all the other heavy set guys who spent uh, their 20s leaning up on other 300-pound men, the food block. We got we to gotta get that thing going here. All food-related uh, matters settled. Um but uh yes of course you cannot do any better if you're a football fan or a game of life fan than tuning into all that Ross Tucker has going he's a mensch of a fella and uh and deep with uh, pigskin wisdom and so too is Nick Costas happy to see you guys teaming up there Eddie Spaghetti's a big fan of his as well um we'll do some more food talk down the line until then thanks so much RT
5: My pleasure someday I want to look as cool as Eddie Spaghetti does right now I am so jealous to be young Please. Please don't star, encourage that unbelievable see you guys be well
4: pal all right Spaghettes. what do you think that was a good conversation right yeah sometimes you forget
1: that both ross and jeff played in the league because they could uh and it's not a shot at you or anyone that hosts podcasts but they they could carry a podcast by themselves they're telling the stories about playing uh in the league with ross his tight end story and jeff with his kick return stories and it's like oh yeah i forgot these guys play because they're just natural um you know broadcaster or entertainer type so it was it was great a lot of fun
4: yeah, really interesting stuff, too, on CMC. Yeah, we we didn't really run the yeah. game, but we got through two out of eight divisions. But, um, yeah, we'll try and do that early next week in advance of the draft. Spaghetti, hope all's well um, in your little space there. And quick, real quick for uh, those who are tracking these things, how's the weight looking? Well, I, I think I had a start. Couple- I had a couple of good workouts this week, but I
1: will say on Sunday and I, I was tweeting at it with you. We had a, you know, a big Easter dinner thing and I got two racks. I went to the whole foods like 7am, got two big racks of lamb and uh, chopped them up and make the, the lamb lollipops, like the ribs. Ooh. And then walked down to a, a, a local place that does uh, homemade breads, pastas, um, you know, cured meats, so, uh, all that kind of stuff, sauces. So we got, two packs of homemade pappardelle and we made our we got alfredo sauce and tomato sauce and mixed it made like a pink a pink sauce and then as the appetizer we got a a full loaf of a sourdough like baguette with some uh uh de parma and uh sunday was uh was a feast so that, that probably set me back but since then recording this now thursday thursday midday i've had a pretty good week of workout so i'm probably in the same range probably around 227 ish i would say around that
4: i brought it up the other day and you mentioned prosciutto um and or it came up on twitter to me we should ask the food block fellas this. we just ran out of time cold sandwich or or warm sandwich if you for the rest of your life to the exclusion of the other for the rest of your life oh cold i rarely ever really eat hot sandwich really? i think about it yeah
1: i'm going meatball subs. meatballs
4: not you don't really, need a roast beef, not hot. I don't really, I don't really order hot meatball. You uh, understand, get, you're never getting another Philly cheesesteak. You're never going to Promanthes. Not that I don't know you have any trips planned for Pittsburgh. Not I
1: don't ever, any Promanthes. I've had once in in Indianapolis. I've, ha- I mean, Philly cheesesteaks. I love. Uh, I don't get to Philadelphia quite enough uh, since moving west. Um, I don't really eat. That many hot sandwiches. Like There's a great place in Santa Monica over here, uh, Bay City. Oh, yeah. They do cold sandwiches like the Godmother, and that's all cold cuts. I, I like cold cut sandwiches the best. Uh, even like Jewish deli sandwiches, I I guess those are – well, I guess you can get some of those hot, so that kind of throws me off there. But, yeah, I'm, I'm going to stick with cold. I'm going to stick cold cut sandwiches. Uh, all right. I, think, I respect it. I
4: respect it because it's not a, an easy call to make. I'm going to miss – a nice salami sandwich, which I had not eaten salami for literally—I'm not exaggerating—that I am not exaggerating i had not eaten salami in probably 34, or 35 years.
1: I mean, I had it on pizza. I was going to say on pizza or sandwich. I mean, I
4: may, maybe on a plate. I saw you know at a you know at the Italian deli kind of lay out there watching football with the with the fellas. Maybe I picked up some pieces of salami, but. As a kid, I loved salami sandwiches. Mo mm. Damashek used to make me those for my lunch. And then I gave, I've rediscovered them. And, you know, it's kind of like in When Harry Met Sally, when they tell those stories about love affairs that, uh, you know, got paused and then they found each other again 30 or 40 years later. It's like that with me and salami right now.
1: It's on the lower level for me of Italian meats, uh, but it's it's fine mixed in with other stuff. I'm not. I'm not a big salami solo guy.
4: Um. Last thing, spaghetti. Um. We can wait. We got to get money and handsome. Yes. Um. Early next week, hopefully. To and we'll do the rest of the the draft that we started here today. But um, would give us a quick. Uh, so you 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 danced around it. Do you have a number for us? What's where where are the lbs right now? Up or down? Uh, I think.
1: I'm probably up from 226 like i'm probably i don't have a weight i don't think i could access it right now but i'm probably 227 228 well we'll Not do a proper
4: weigh-in we'll do a proper weigh-in but i do want to I, I do want to tease the fact i got on the scale yesterday 185 that's as light as i've been wow. in five years at least probably so damn it. Looking I forgot that. In
1: I also had Milk Bar for dessert after my uh, <laughs> my Easter. I totally forgot about that. Like we got, <laughs> yeah. So I, I I would say I'm fairly certain I'm up, but not by a lot.
4: Um. All right. Now to wrap it up, go listen to the Jeff Schwartz uh, is smarter than you podcast available on the Athletic, which is free right now, by the way. So you can tap into that. No subscription required. Uh, you'll be smarter for doing it. And of course, the Ross Tucker. Uh, you know, basically the family of podcasts available to you, the signature one, the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Um, and go from there. Muzzle tub to our guy Nick Costas, who's been with us um over the last couple of years as well. Love that hookup for both those guys. And um spaghetti, we'll be back. Early next week, because we want to be in front of the draft here. So sure. be on the lookout for us, I don't know, Tuesday-ish? Is that a fair, uh, a fir- fair day to circle on the calendar? Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, somewhere okay. around there? We'll get you earlier next week. Yeah, that works. Yeah, it's not exactly like anybody schedule's that full right now. So right. <laughs> Anyhow, all right. Uh, thanks so much for now, uh, football fans. And we'll
0: talk to you next week. Until then, it's been A Thin Slice Ahead. You go into your shower feeling tired.
2: offer ends June 30th, 2024.
0: Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org.